You're listening to Once, episode 333, Sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron, and we're here to talk about Sisterhood, <laughs> <laughs> the episode entitled Sisterhood. <laughs> not our sisterhood. No, not probably. <laughs> <laughs> our podcasterhood. I guess I couldn't expect like three really good episodes in a row. This wasn't well, a bad episode, but it certainly wasn't as good as last week's, which I really enjoyed. Yes. I I liked it fairly well. But yeah, there are some definite issues, I guess. I, I wasn't super mad about them. Probably because I understand that by the time this episode was produced, they knew that this was the last season. Yes, and they are seemingly wrapping things up rather fast. Yeah, more so than it, I thought, because I think my assumption that was probably not correct was that these story arcs were going to wrap up this season no matter what. Now, maybe they had even said that at some point. So I thought that it wasn't going to be a problem that they were ending things, except I thought they might cram a little bit so they could do some special stuff. But this well, was fast. They could still be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for instance, our prediction about Anastasia being the guardian <laughs> was literally just uh, proven in one simple sentence. Oh, you just want to steal Anastasia's guardian magic and get the dagger, period. That wrapped up like our ponderance of <laughs> what Gothel wants, who's the guardian, etc. Yeah, honestly. All in one just offhanded comment. It felt like I fell asleep in the movie theater, which I know what that feels like. You wake up later <laughs> and things are known plainly that when you fell asleep, you didn't necessarily know for sure, but maybe you suspected. Yes. And in this case, there had always been the question of, is Anastasia the guardian? And her mother swore up and down she wasn't. And Rumpel said, well, I believe she is, or he thought that someone else believed she was, or maybe Gothel, I think, believed she was. But then, but now, yeah, it's just, it's like Drizella knows all about that. Yeah, Drizella seemingly knows all about a lot of things that we didn't know about. And now we suddenly have just a huge amount of information that we didn't have before. Yeah, another sentence that was actually not really related to anything else that happened because it was just Rumple and Dr. Facilier talking. If Dr. Facilier just says, I know of your desire to join Belle in the afterlife. Like, oh, okay. So that um, is what that all meant. All our theorizing about what getting back to her or getting back to someone meant was summed up in one sentence. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they were like, okay, I was like, we oh, have... I get it now. He just wants to die. Yeah, which I, I thought, but I felt like they were playing it a little bit mysteriously, and now they're like, okay, we don't have time to drag this out anymore. We're going to just go. Everybody thinks this anyway. This is the truth. Let's just lay it out there. Let's get uh, all the cards on the table and keep going. <laughs> pun 
intended. A little bit. Or literally. <laughs> but now I was going to just start a discussion that we probably shouldn't start yet. <laughs> <laughs> they do have to wrap things up, though, quickly. There's only seven episodes left, which we were not totally sure of last week. But Matthew Paul, who helps us out with all of this stuff, has confirmed seven episodes straight through. No more breaks. Well, we haven't had a break since we came back, but... Uh, no breaks, and the f- series finale will be on Friday, May 18th. Yep. That makes sense. There are only seven, seven Fridays left. <laughs> between now and then. <laughs> I thought they would have a break for Easter, though. but Yeah, I kind of... Nope. If the last two episodes are going to go closely together, which they may or may not, I had heard that they would, I kind of wish they would just do a once upon a time finale night. And then I know agents of shield comes on after, and then they could just do an agents of shield finale night and just keep it separate. But you know, which other shows on this network, they do do that for. Yeah. They do that all the time with Thursday night, TGI Thursdays. They will often have a double Grey's anatomy and then a double scandal the next week just to make sure that they have that double episode when they need it. A double scandal sounds really serious. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> and then a how to get away with murder just to <laughs> keep things. <laughs> we did get some feedback though from Witty that I wanted to share. It kind of just sums up how I think we're all feeling. <laughs> but Witty says, Hey all, I'm a longtime listener and and infrequent feedbacker, and I just want to share some thoughts I've had on this season so far. In general, while I don't love this season, I don't hate it. I really like the dynamic between Alice and Robin, but was very disappointed this week when we didn't see either character. It's really hard to get invested in a story when you see a character one time and then not again for several weeks. I feel like each episode stands alone and doesn't feel like there's any form of coherent story. When we have so many stories going on at once, it becomes really hard to follow. Between Henry and Jacinda, the basic Hyperion Heights plot, Alice and Hook and Robin, Zelina, the Guardian, Cinderella's story, Tiana and Facilier, Gothel and the Coven, and likely more than I'm forgetting about, (laughs) it is hard to see what part of the story I should be focusing on. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of viewers are also probably struggling with the longing for unresolved stories of the past. Additionally, it feels they're still opening up new stories and still waiting for all the current ones to be tied together. And it really doesn't feel like that's possible with not just seven episodes left in the season, but the series. And it would feel like an incomplete ending if the series as a whole wasn't resolved in addition to the season seven stories. I think that puts it into great perspective when you actually read every single storyline out loud that's happening. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I was going to say, when you put it like that, they definitely needed to send the girls home. <laughs> but uh, but that, that creates some problems that we'll get to. It just, yeah, there there's too much going on. And even your, your would we call it a demand for no new characters, <laughs> was definitely violated. Tonight, definitely, in this episode? Yeah, Gretel. Oh, yeah. However, I do... Well, we'll talk about that. I do think that that was relevant to a current character, which we'll yes, we'll talk no, about. I agree. Um, oh yeah, and she is kind of dead, so she was just <laughs> there for a minute. So she was like a one episode. Yeah, she just had the presence of an ongoing character to me. <laughs> well, we'll see. 
<laughs> some super general feedback that I wanted to share that some of our very Disneyfied listeners may have Ooh. been like screaming at their podcasting listening device uh-oh, at us uh-oh. when I brought up the spiral yeah. from the last couple episodes that's on Alice and I believe it was on Ella's was it on Ella's dad as well because their heart was poisoned yes yes it's like the mark it's the one yeah it's kind of i think it's kind of dumb maybe i'm just making it worse but i'm like so you get a thing on your wrist if you touch the one you love who has the poisoned heart like what strange just strange so a few episodes ago of our podcast when we talked about that, I shared that the spiral is really symbolic of hypnosis. Um, but for the first time ever this weekend, I watched Moana. Oh. And the spiral is actually representative of the heart in that movie. The spiral oh, is the sign of the it. heart. And the heart, it's like a very uh, significant thing in that movie and she literally carries around this little spiral rock thing for the whole movie i don't want to spoil it because it's so good that you don't want it to be spoiled well i think i've yes i've seen a piece i wonder if that was their way of kind of being like what disney symbol have we not used oh this one means heart and it's a poison heart so that explains some of y'all's theories (laughs) (laughs) i was like why do you keep bringing Moana back into this? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as a total sidebar, I am so disappointed I did not watch that movie earlier. It was so good. And the music is amazing. So, Yeah, I think I'm just going to watch it right now, actually. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I sold it, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yep, I guess just um, you guys are just more Disneycated than we are. <laughs> Disneycated. Yeah, that's Disney educated. Oh, mm-hmm. not Disneyfied. No, I like that too. <laughs> we, um, our lack of knowledge left our podcast not very Disneyfied <laughs> because it sounds like dignified. When they were only using Disney references of movies that I watched over and over again, it was really easy. Right. But Moana came out like in the last two to three years, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, since Frozen. They've <laughs> definitely not stuck to simple classics, but we're kind of used to that at this point. And I don't think they're going to bring Moana into it. I just think that it's a cute connection. Yeah, that's great. So in case you haven't been listening to our podcast for the last little while, we are doing our discussion thematically now. Which means we might be kind of jumping all over the place. Which should just remind you of watching this show. Exactly. (laughs) I think Once Upon a Time is presented thematically at this point. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Something I didn't understand about one of the early scenes was why Drizella and Anastasia chose that night to play hide and go seek in the woods. Uh, yeah, shortcuts, shortcuts, shortcuts. <laughs> it's like super dark. It's raining. They're playing hide and seek. Drizella got lost for about three seconds. It took and her... she was like in full panic. Yeah. And then she said that they were now both lost, which if they're lost, why are they playing hide and seek right there? <laughs> 
I just nothing about that made sense. There are little details like that that are starting to kind of slip again, and that's it's distracting <laughs> and kind of sad. But you know, yeah. Then Adelaide Kane just cries real tears, and you're like, well, that's amazing. So that's all right. No. <laughs> Not that she was in that scene, but uh, I I liked a lot of details of this episode and the way it was executed, just not so much some of the details like that. Yeah, her acting is is always on point, and yeah. it this episode was no exception. She's very good at playing, like just showing the emotion in her face that she's supposed to show. Like she was really torn throughout this episode of saving herself or saving her sister or whatever you know she went back and forth and i think her face really showed that yeah so lanterns apparently are magical like they just appear well i think anastasia imbued them with magic they they seem to just appear though oh and they lit the way home in which case why did they not why did they just send them up into the sky to lead their mother home instead of using them to lead them to their mother and why didn't they just use a spell that we've seen before for consistency's sake? Like, have we not seen a spell where, like, a little light led you to the person that you were looking for, I want to say, in the Neverland season? Oh, well, Anastasia's not like really, a locator spell. you know, trained. So she might not know a locator <laughs> spell. I guess. She's I guess. just winging it. Yes. Much like this season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... Meanwhile, in Hyperion Heights, yeah, Anastasia just was full of the one-liners that gave us all the information we needed. You just want the power she has as the Guardian so you can get the Dark One Dagger. Mic drop. Boom. Yeah. Like, we're done. (laughs) Except they, you know, they dragged it out for a little while, and now they're just done with that. Yeah, but even at the end, like, she just kept giving us information. So... I was calling it the office building showdown, which I really liked that scene. I love when there's like chaotic magic and like trying to talk somebody down, you know? Like Do you? <laughs> it's like chaos. It's just a good scene. It's like chaos around her. And That's funny. she's got the glass in her hand. <laughs> because I, I came to the conclusion that they do it too much. <laughs> I started all these other scenes started playing in my mind. I was like, why does it always come down to somebody's office? <laughs> it was always when else Regina's has it been office. An office? <laughs> oh, yeah, like multiple times in Regina's remember. office. I mean, from the showdown with Hades to the showdown with the Black Fairy, and what other important scenes happened in Regina's office? Probably others, maybe not showdowns, but there was like the uh, the Ingrid slash Ice Queen showdown. That was very similar. Really, when that starts, somebody's going to end up dead, except not this time. <laughs> I wonder if they were just like, well, if Drizelle is leaving, then we don't need her office anymore, so we can just destroy this set. Maybe. <laughs> that was just, <laughs> that was them having fun. Even in that scene, in Drizella's, you know, just chatting with Anastasia in the chaos, she said, if you kill me, you'll sully your pure heart, and if... I kill you, she gets the magic too. So that's information that we didn't really have before. I guess we've they've talked about Anastasia's heart being pure. Yeah. But they use some of these concepts so frequently and they they're so inconsistent. I'm realizing that I've got a little bit of once upon a time blindness. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds probably approximately like something that should be in the script. So I'm I'm fine. Clearly, this is about to end anyway. So <laughs> whatever, whatever you're saying about the Guardian, that concept was never strong. And I know you don't have enough time to develop it. So yeah, cool. Whatever you say. That's great. But now apparently there might be a new Guardian. I'm not happy at all about that. I don't know if they always well, planned that just... or if they were just like, well, <laughs> we're wrapping up Anastasia and Drizella early. So clearly to accomplish what we wanted with the Guardian thing, that's going to have to work differently. Or if that was always going to be how it went. Like maybe they've had a different Guardian in mind the whole time. Maybe. Apparently our listeners have had a different Guardian in mind the whole time, maybe in the forums, because mm-hmm. we got some feedback from Gareth that said... In summary, it said that Anastasia was the guardian, which proved one of one of a group of theories. But then he thinks the new guardian might be Henry, which was everybody else's guess. So I guess there was a back and forth between those two. I don't remember theorizing that on the podcast, but I'm not in the forums. Well, and the whole concept of the guardian came out of left field anyway this year. And it's <laughs> not, it's just... I don't know. It's not a concept that I've latched on to. I guess I don't care Yeah. who the Guardian is or I, what that even means. Because we won't know, no matter what they say, we won't know what it means until it has happened. I don't think they know what <laughs> right. it means until it has happened. Just like every other weird concept. Like, the Guardian is the new cleave myself from the dagger or snuff out the light or whatever, whatever. It's the vocab of the season. Yes. So I have a few thoughts. At first, when I read that feedback, I was like, I don't think it's Henry. Henry's already the author. Gareth does make some really good points. Um, He says, when Rumpel went to the place where the guardian would be waiting, we hear Henry's motorcycle. Several people have commented about Henry having a pure heart. He has the heart of the truest believer. He has descended from a lineage of light and dark magic. For years, people believed he would be the one to wield both light and dark magic. So it makes sense he could be the guardian. But if that's the definition of guardian, to me, there's other people. Like, did Rumpel not wield both light and dark magic last season to end the final battle? Was that not the whole theme? He might have. Wouldn't that be a stupid, crazy thing if they're just like, the guardianship <laughs> was within you all along. You <laughs> are the guardian. Just your heels three times and you'll be back with Belle. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly heel tap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but also, in my opinion, Regina has wielded both dark and light magic. Because she was super dark and now she's using her powers for good. She could be the guardian. I mean, I know it kind of sounds ridiculous and I don't think she actually is, but it's possible. Now, Gothel's looking for the guardian too, right? But is she looking for the guardian to get the dagger, which is what Drizella said without protest, I might add. Yeah. Gothel wasn't like, that's not my plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so maybe they just wanted us to clearly have defined where we're headed in the next, I'd say, three to four episodes. Unless they go ahead and make this a central part of the finale, which they could. Well, and here's my last theory. (laughs) 
My last theory is that Anastasia and Drizella return with a cure for Henry oh. and Anastasia as the guardian, then whatever's with the de- like cleaves the dagger <laughs> from the dark one and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah, because because I do think they should come back to help Henry if they can. The guardian, if I'm understanding correctly, the main purpose of the guardian in Rumpel's mind is to be able to take and protect the power, which can't be destroyed without passing it on and creating a new dark one and letting him die and go to the afterlife to be with bell. Right. So Anastasia can do that in like three seconds. And yet there is something, whether it was always intended or not, there is something way better for the end of the series for Henry to be that. For a lot of reasons. So I like to be the guardian. Yeah, I like that theory. Gareth made some good points there. Does Henry have a pure heart? I mean, that this show really, <laughs> really puts that in terms that don't make sense to any and- human experience. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't and, think, and well, he has the heart of the truest believer, which is perhaps different <laughs> in some way, I guess. We know that his heart is very shiny. <laughs> well, but then now there's also Lucy, who arguably has the same lineage as Henry. Yes. And also has a special heart. And I'd be fine with it being Lucy. Certainly pure, but she doesn't seem to have magic, and neither does Henry. Why? Why don't they have magic? I know we're in a land without magic, but I mean in the past. That's true, but the way this season's going, one of these days they're just going to believe something and it's going to appear. <laughs> like lanterns and, and yellow bugs. And what about Alice being the guardian? That was a theory for a while. Well, she was actually literally right there. She was the first person Rumpel saw. So, oh, sidebar. <laughs> I totally forgot that we theorized that when he left the realm where he was with Belle till she died, that there was a little bit of time travel involved there too. Right. So. Well, I did not have any timeline issues in this episode. Yeah. Well, other than timeline of their story. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) Um, Also how Drizella got lanterns in modern day because she didn't have magic, but she sure had a lot of lanterns that looked just like the one she had when she was young. Yeah, well, magic. (laughs) But no magic. (laughs) Power of sisterhood. (laughs) Never underestimate the power of sisterhood. Never. I didn't love Drizella turning on Anna for a little while. I guess, and second time through, I realized that Facilier kind of made it sound to her like, Anna was going to die no matter what. So it could either help her or she could die too. But then the comment she made when Anna was asleep about, if it comes down to you or me, I choose me. Don't you mean you're going to die anyway, so I just want to live? Wouldn't that have been a little more forgivable? Yeah, they seem to be acting a lot like sisters, where it's... (laughs) Very love-you-hate-you relationship. What bothered me, too, and maybe it's because it seemed fast-tracked, was that they seemed to excuse everything Drizella had ever done by blaming Gothel, 
which yes, Gothel manipulated her, but a lot of people have been manipulated and not done those things. Even Regina is not turning dark just because she's having her hand forced in various ways. I felt like she did take responsibility, though. I don't remember her exact wording, but she said, like, she said she's right about something Gothel said in relation to her doing something evil. She acknowledged that Gothel was right, and then she explained why she did it, um, which, like, I don't think an explanation is necessarily an excuse. Like, she did say Gothel twisted everything. I don't know. I felt like she did take responsibility a bit. Yeah. It's not like she was like, you're right. Everything I did was evil and I just did it for no reason and I'm evil. Right. But I do think that the context is maybe she's just not there yet. And maybe that's what they were getting at was that maybe they were trying to say, hey, her little redemption arc went so quickly because she never actually wanted to be dark. (laughs) And that might have been part of the point of the flashbacks too, proving that she was forced into that she actually was anxious more to make an alliance and just make a friend. And instead she killed her <laughs> because of Gothel's manipulation. And also because her friend turned out to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I guess this is a good time to segue into that discussion about the little supernatural sewing circle. <laughs> right. <laughs> she, in, in my opinion, killed her very much in self-defense. She was ready to walk away. Gretel kept pushing. And in the time that Drizella actually took action, it was kill or be killed by then. Right. It was just self-defense at that point. Yes. But apparently that's just as good for the coven as cold-blooded murder. Which, yeah, I, I still don't understand Gothel. I just don't. Maybe it's because she's looking for different things in different people and she's just manipulating everyone. But I, first time through, I fully expected her to get all judgy again if Drizella killed Gretel or if Drizella refused to say that she passed the test and she was in. Because she's pulled that stuff with people before, but here she actually did want her to kill, which is just strange to me. It is. And Drizella, you could see as soon as Gothel said that, she said, I don't want to do that. Like, very, very clearly. Yeah. And I believe her. Like, I don't believe that she wanted to do that. And she did give Gretel the opportunity to walk away with her. And I do believe that that was coming from a sincere place. Yeah. And I think probably most of us are thinking the same thing about the other purpose of Gretel. And that all has to do with what was her motivation for getting into the coven. What what did she want? And who, more importantly, is her scarred, perhaps deranged brother Hansel <laughs> wandering the realms <laughs> with a different name? Um Jack. <laughs> Jack, yes. <laughs> like, so are we on the same page about that or not? Yeah. So first watch, I did not even really pick up anything she was saying. Like, oh, yeah, she's talking about her brother. Oh, she must be Gretel. Like, I think she talked about her brother before she introduced herself. And then, yeah, like, it all makes perfect sense. Like, of course, Hansel 
who was almost killed by a witch is going to be going around trying to kill witches. It does make sense. It, it does make sense. Um, I was waiting. Okay, so when he was changing his tire, I was waiting for him to like have his sleeves rolled up to put the stuff back in his trunk when mm. they revealed that it was filled with the candy and the mask to show that his arms were scarred. But they didn't do that. They didn't. Do and that. he had long sleeves on for the entire thing. And I would have to go back and rewatch to see if he was always wearing long sleeves in the whole series. I th- or like since we've met him. I think he probably was. Yeah. I guess that was the significance of Gretel. <laughs> I wanted to like Gretel. She had candy based magic. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It weren't for the lack of time, it would have been. <laughs> Right. Much better. Everything she said seemed to reference candy. Like she said, um, her brother was sour. Then she had the gumdrop candy. She she threw away the lollipop, which to me was like, okay, she's ready for a fight. Right. I didn't realize that until the second time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Also, please note that if anybody claims to have something in their bag and they need you to come and stick their head in <laughs> your head in their bag, that it's probably a trick. Like, actually, here, I've got a hold of it in my bag. Could you just run real fast and bump into my bag? Just like <laughs> run into it. <laughs> yeah, d- don't don't go anywhere near that sort of thing. I thought it was weird that the weapon that Gothel gave them is a sigh, which is a a weapon like I learned how to use it in karate. It's from oh, that's like, true. Okinawa and Asia, and um, not so much. <laughs> it was maybe not culturally appropriate. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe there's all kinds of covens out yonder. <laughs> wow, I think uh, I just thought it looked like part of the tattoo and the coin and that symbol that they use for everything. Oh, yeah, it does. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It it probably was a sigh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it was definitely a sigh, but it could have also been on the tattoo. I didn't didn't look at that. So, between these flashbacks and the way Gothel behaved in the office, <laughs> in the office upheaval scene, <laughs> I <laughs> I think we should probably be able to go ahead and put her solidly in the villain category. She was just standing there just goading Anastasia to kill Drizella. I'm not even sure why Anastasia killing Drizella was necessary. Unless it was because it was going to compromise her so that Gothel could overpower her and take her magic. Right, which I guess she doesn't need... Anastasia as the guardian, she just wants her power to get the dagger. Or she wants her to not be the guardian because Drizella did say in another statement that was inexplicably knowing, she said, I don't want you to lose your guardianship. As if that was a thing that yes. was familiar and special, but we knew nothing about. So <laughs> maybe maybe that is the part we're kind of not understanding about Gothel's overall plan. Well, yeah, I mean, if there's a a person or a thing that can legitimately get rid of the Dark One magic, one would think that's likely to tip the scales of good and evil to the good side. So if Gothel is a true villain, 
she wouldn't want the dark one magic to disappear or to be held even in a neutral sort of fashion. She would want the dark one magic to be the dark one, to be dark, to be evil. Because she's evil. 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 (laughs) (laughs) You know what I found hilarious in that scene too as it resolved? Drizella starts explaining... Well, she was telling Regina that she shouldn't have left her at the tower and that she's learned, you know, about the power of family and all those wonderful things that people tend to learn on this show. And she's just talking about what she's learned. And Regina goes, it sounds like you're saying goodbye. (laughs) It's like only on this show does true development of character sound like you're saying goodbye. (laughs) It's like a, a goodbye monologue. Right. It's like, thank you for recognizing this. I don't think it sounded like she was saying goodbye. But No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Just in the mind. Regina knows her better. Of people who know that when someone is truly developed, it's time to write them out. <laughs> I, I still think she's going to be back. Yeah, I could see it going either way. She literally left without even telling Regina what she poisoned Henry with. Like, surely that would be an important piece of information. For Regina to help find a cure for the poison. Oh, but didn't you know? Everything's just magic now. Apparently. You can just cure random poison with random magic. They now siphon magic. They now take magic. They now put magic into vessels. They take that magic out of vessels and they put it into other people. It just, uh, like, it was an anomaly back when Selena's magic was centered in her pendant. And now (laughs) it can just be pulled out of people in part or in full and just moved around and pushed around and there's no different types of magic or amounts or anything like that. And it's it's very odd to me. At what point did we get the idea, or did I just make this up? Probably. Has there, <laughs> has there been a, a statement that magic cannot be created or destroyed? It can only be moved around? No, you're not in this making series? that up. Okay. That has, that, well, I believe it's been said in the series. I feel like that was in the dark one season. Okay. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense that it's just being played around, moved around, but But apparently Facilier could just steal a tiny bit of magic as soon as Anastasia used her magic. Oh, yes. And I wanted to see if you knew... The markings on her wrist, did Facilier put those there for part of the ritual, or did she always have something on her wrist? I feel like they were put there, and they faded a lot by the end, I want to say, but I didn't see what they were. Because he did point the creepy witch doctor dagger thing at the center of what looked like a circle on her wrist, I thought. Yeah, there was definitely something on her wrist. I couldn't really make out what it was. But major curveball, though, when it comes to Facilier... Yeah, maybe (laughs) he's still a liar and I'm not super comfy with it. (laughs) I loved his statement, though. I did what I needed to get what I wanted, just as I told you I would do. Because, yeah, he he lied to Drizella with his oddly specific tarot cards. (laughs) (laughs) That looked even (laughs) like them. (laughs) I know. I'm like, well, now at this point, I feel like you could just make any card you want. And apparently I was right. It's magic, Jeremy. <laughs> and uh, 
so now he's telling Regina that the cards always said the girls would be fine. And so he knew that nothing he did was going to cause them harm so he could do what he, what he wanted. And my thing is, couldn't he have just helped them find each other and then said, oh, and Anastasia, I want to help Henry, so could I have a little magic? Yeah, but then he wouldn't be able to have, like, had that scene with Regina where she confronted him and then he got to be like, uh-uh, I yeah. did the right thing. He could have just been awesome without the confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually have a sense that they are going to try and make him good, possibly because, again, they're running out of time and they want to just, I, I don't know why they think it's necessary or if they do, but they maybe they just want somebody in Regina's life. I don't know. Well, I believe I've shared before that I have had coworkers who watch the show literally stop watching the show because they were so tired of Regina not getting a happy ending after all she's done for redemption. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's fine, except if they're going to rush it, it seems almost more once upon a time, like to say, Hey, maybe she'll find love, but she doesn't need that. I mean, they've said that before. She doesn't need that to be her happy ending in its entirety. Yeah. I mean, I would be perfectly happy with this show implying that a woman does not need to find true love to be happy and live a meaningful life. That's not in everybody's cards. That's not what everybody wants. Yeah. And even if, yeah, even if that's part of her future, it doesn't have to like definitely happen in the last several episodes or, or Regina didn't get a happy ending. And why Facilia? Just because he's there. And so they were like, well, I I guess we can give her a happy ending with this guy. Well, except that it seemed like that's been an element since he came onto the show. But I never, well, except for, I guess, that first scene in the past that we didn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand what's happening with him. Well, because also, he, so (laughs) we had this lovely moment with Rumpelstiltskin saying, every time I do good, it brings me closer to her. And then those two sisters going off together, that means today is a good day. And then he had this back alley meeting with Dr. Facilier (laughs) in which I don't know if it was the audio or what was happening in my house. I could not make out Rumpel's threat to him. Oh. But I don't think that it was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't recall specifically, but it was a threat. It was oh, definitely a threat. It, it was a very strangely worded threat. He, because Facilier said that, <laughs> that because apparently they're doing a whole balance of good works versus bad works, depending, like being the determination of whether you go to an afterlife or not, <laughs> which a lot of people put that into their shows. That's what it is. But, uh, so he's he, the implication was, oh, but if you kill me, you're not going to get to go to the afterlife. Like he says to the dark one who's murdered thousands and who's thousands of years old. But <laughs> it, like, I don't, I don't know. So Rumpel says that he's going to find a loophole and and put both of his feet through it. Like I didn't. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, yeah. That what was are you talking like that. about right now? I mean, it's an interesting visual for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I kept jumping back thirty seconds and like listening again, and I just and turning up the volume. I just I think it was like a combination of 
like their audio background noise and then my house audio background noise and then just bad speakers oh. but you know snooki in the chat said that rumple said he put both his feet on the other side and that facilier brags about having one foot on the other side which is something in that first flashback we had of him oh yeah that's true i thought he came all the way to this side <laughs> I think I thought he had one foot in each side, whatever that means. And that was why he was trapped. And then the magic MacGuffin of the day that he got from Tiana freed him of that. But either way, Rumpel basically said, look, I'm going to find a way. I can have everything. I'm going to find a way to kill you and a way to still get to go to the afterlife. (laughs) <laughs> which let's hope they just drop that true right villain there form yeah because we don't want rumple to be a villain again there's no time i liked seeing rumple and regina both in a room just by themselves both just being good because it's good and but still with fun banter yeah regina said Actually, I liked it when she said the words, my gift to you (laughs) is this happy, happy day. No, she says to Drizella, my gift to you is what I always wanted. Someone to believe I can change. Aw. It's true. She did want that. There was that. And then Rumple lets the guardian he knows about (laughs) go away and... It was just nice to know loopholes. Yeah. But who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But you know who does good to us? Our heroes. We could not do this podcast without the support of our heroes. They help us cover the costs of having the website, having the podcast episodes actually somewhere where you can download them, and having our forums and all. All of that rather important stuff that goes toward existing. Without our heroes, we'd be lost in another realm. Maybe the wish realm. And no one could get there. For this episode, we'd like to (laughs) thank Lisa Slack, James Kinslow III, Marianne Lavati, and our 18 heroes on Patreon. Thanks, guys. I was just going to add in, or we might not exist at all. (laughs) Right. If you would like to know more about how you can help support the podcast, uh, and not just for the last seven episodes, but also just to keep the discussion going, because I'm sure once this show comes to an end and we all are crying together about its departure, we're still probably going to have a lot of things to talk about for some time to come. So keeping the forums online, um, we may come back in with little special you could call them special features podcasts uh we'll i'm sure do an unboxing of the season seven dvd blu-ray set when they arrive Uh, we may have news about conferences um that sort of thing blooper reel blooper reels yes yes uh (laughs) yes yes our our uh our heroes get access to bloopers which yes that I don't, you know, I don't actually know what's out there. I may actually be a little embarrassed about some of what's out there. But um, if you would like to know how you can get in on in on all of that hero action, just head over to oncepodcast.com slash hero. Cricket. 
Do you know who tried to be a hero in this episode and maybe succeeded? <sighs> Regina and Lucy. Operation Bromance. Operation <laughs> Bromance. This, that, was that was really great. cute. <laughs> I quite laughed out loud. I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying all of the Lucy Regina stuff. I was a little disappointed there was no cinnamon on the hot chocolate that we... Oh, was there not? It looked like there was. Well, if there was, it wasn't commented on enough to to expect for sure that it was. True. Maybe they just felt silly saying it every single time. Also, since when does Henry have no one to cheer him up? Like, isn't he one of the most social people there? Everybody knows who he is. He seems to have made do, do a they? lot of friends. I don't know. They, they said he was a loner. I think he just knows Jacinda and Lucy and Ronnie. Well, but he's also like done the podcast and he oh, true. has, he knows, he knows Rogers and he knows Tilly now. And yeah, he podcast? didn't, he, that should keep him company <laughs> listeners to his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and plus the guy didn't, wasn't there a guy who gave him information about, <laughs> Lady Tremaine for the podcast. Like he just always seems out with to have dude? something going on. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I mean, sure, you're right. Like they 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 say things to set the stage, and sometimes those need to be questioned a little bit more. It was cute, though. What I loved about this whole thing was that Lucy finally got a wake up call about life with a fairy tale world is really like <laughs> she says she gets this look on her face says you mean my dad and my cursed dad were friends and i said lucy you've arrived welcome to the real once upon a time <laughs> that was all of us for several years oh man who's related to who <laughs> And it all comes back to Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I thought that her using the exact same tactics to get Henry friends as she did to try and get him to be with her mom <laughs> was funny. It seems like she's decided to literally text me into the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> Which was strange phrasing. Because and yet the it friend worked. zone doesn't usually apply to actual friends. It's... True. I mean, I guess it can, but <laughs> <laughs> usually friend zone has a negative connotation. <laughs> I think that all terms can apply to, well, maybe not all terms, but <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about ghosting in relationships and I applied it to a friend, friends that just disappear without word. Yeah. It's generally applied to romantic relationships and yet <laughs> friends do that to each other too. That's true. It was cute though. Do you think Flynn's barcade was a nod to Flynn Rider? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not. I, I was hoping you were going to fill in the gaps in my knowledge because apparently we're not Disney-fied enough. <laughs> No, but isn't uh he's from the Disney he's from Tangled, right? Yes. <laughs> Listen to us. He is he is he's the one who marries Rapunzel, right? Spoiler alert. 
oh, okay. Again. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I thought maybe that was why they picked that name. I, for whatever reason, thought that it was from Wreck-It Ralph, but I think that was only because of the, like, the video games and the, uh, um, what's it called? Like, the interior decorating <laughs> of the place. Oh, yeah, like neon lights and... I don't know if there were neon lights. It felt like there were. It felt very... Well, what's a bar? Retro. Without them. True. And then Lucy's bromance plan kind of backfired. <laughs> ben uh, just kind of walked in the door. Oh, right, right, right. I was like, I don't think it backfired just because it turns out one of them's a cold-blooded killer. I mean, he didn't know that. He had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on Who the is? same page that Nick is Jack is Hansel. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know what else they could have been getting at. I would hate to think that there were two deranged people running around. Well, because also of the candy reference, right? Right. Oh, goodness, goodness. Didn't even... that. Oh, man, I feel stupid. Well, I, I'm not really much of a stupid. sweets guy, he says. <laughs> you shouldn't feel stupid because I thought the candy thing was fake. And it was a fake thing that Gothel had sent... Weaver and Rogers to go find fakely. We had all decided that (laughs) because we decided that a real detective would already know that they had gotten an anonymous chocolate delivery. And she was the only one who ever mentioned them. And often she brought them in in her own hands. Right. (laughs) She's like, Oh, I I found this out front. You're probably going to die if you don't, you know, like do what I say. So turns out she was legit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who is JBH? Does that matter? Uh, we did have feedback that was interesting. Oh, <laughs> just that the J could stand for Jack, the B could stand for Nick's last name, which is Branson, and the H could stand for Hansel. Or it's just Jack B. Hansel. Or Jack Beanstalk Hansel. I don't know. Jack be nimble, uh, Jack be quick, Jack be Hansel also because deranged. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember if there were any other people, and it might have just been not important, especially since Henry took back his high score on the game. Yeah, I um, I was just looking up what it might mean, and nothing is coming. Let well, and then for some reason, I thought that it was a reference to Hook and that Hook was going to say that he actually did that. But I was like, that's it doesn't I don't I think it was just Jay and I thought Jolly Roger and then but the Uh-oh. rest of it doesn't work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking one thing and I don't know what it is I was checking. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't look like those initials are the initials of the writers either. Oh, that would be funny. How about one of the <laughs> actors? Could be, but I will have to uh, think about that a little bit more. <laughs> or it could be a reference to some other movie or TV show or pop culture reference. Probably something a little bit retro if it is. Or does Jacinda have a last name in the show yet? Oh, that would be funny. Maybe, maybe Jacinda's Actually, beating his high score. <laughs> it would be odd if he didn't think of that. But she did come in. Like, yeah. maybe she goes there sometimes. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was kind maybe of strange a... that she walked in. I don't know why she went there. 
Because next say? door they were waiting for their table. But but why yeah. did she come in by herself? Um I don't know. <laughs> but she She's was like, they did say that she was waiting for her table next door. Like Sabine, Sabine, you just um stay here. I'm just gonna go next door. I don't uh, I just feel like I should. I don't know. <laughs> I do have a timeline issue. But it's okay. an, it's it's a <laughs> An internal timeline to this episode. All right. Would you like to explain that? Yes. Nick looks pretty good for having gotten sprayed at least a little bit with pepper spray a little bit ago. Um, This is true. In Did fact. he not attack? Uh, I don't. <laughs> he would have had to have attacked Drizella and then gone straight to Flynn's. Yes, and but he did have a mask on, so I know the pepper spray wouldn't have gotten him like full on. It's true, but yeah, his eyes would be a little bit red, you would think, and because he did react to it. But it was a new can of pepper spray that they were just trying out together, so maybe it turns out it wasn't that strong. Plus, I don't think the killer is as big as Jack. Like we really? had, we had hypothesized that it was a woman because of how they moved. Oh, I didn't think so. Like the killer didn't look that. Mm, masculine <laughs> well to be fair there may have been a stunt double involved <laughs> right <laughs> probably for both of them <laughs> which could have also messed up the proportions because we're used to seeing Drizella but if there was a stunt woman in her place at any point who was perhaps more athletic that could have messed up the proportions a little bit as well. That's true. Generally speaking, the stunt doubles seem to be pretty much the same size, but if they haven't if they hadn't figured out who the killer yet was yet, they could have just put a masked person. I in. thought that was a very creepy scene. It was creepy. It was I found it specifically entertaining because Drizella was all like, "I'll be fine. I'm not worried about this killer." And then as soon as she gets into the parking garage, which like just P.S. Ladies, don't park in parking garages. Like, it's not good for you. It's, it's not safe. Or get a buddy. And, and like, Her snark just, just continues, though. I love it. <laughs> Why don't you come out? I've got a fresh can of pepper spray we could try. <laughs> oh, do you know what I noticed that was, I mean, not that interesting? But I did, um, in the process of trying to get some screen captures for our show notes, I did observe that there was a space marked reserved for Victoria Belfry. And <laughs> frankly, the car that was parked in it was parked horribly. I couldn't see the entire side line of the parking space. <laughs> well, she owns the town, so she can probably park however she wants. Yes. What kind of car was it? Did not notice that. Black and um, wealthy. Oh, okay. The car wasn't wealthy, but it belonged to a wealthy person. <laughs> <laughs> I think Henry needs a leather jacket. Just to blend or? Yeah, because the other two um, had leather jackets. So if he's going to be part of a proper trio, they probably all need to dress <laughs> the same. I love that, they, that those were his two friends back home. Right. Just the two. He just, just had the two friends. There, well, you know, there was a rebellion on. Jacinda seemed incredibly disappointed when that trick didn't work. Yes. Well, did she? I I thought that she was super disappointed in her face. 
she almost seemed like she shrugged like well well actually she goes well that pretty much i forget what she said she's like well that's that (laughs) that disproves everything yeah (laughs) but then back at her apartment yeah you know i I'm starting to really enjoy Henry and what we know are more is Jacinda than we do Ella, but they're actually starting to gel and it's just in time for the show to end. (laughs) Sad. It's kind of like, it reminds me of once Wonderland when we didn't really care so much about like the main romance that we were supposed to care about. (laughs) And we cared more about, all the other characters. Right. Or at least the secondary romance. Did you jump at all when she kissed him on the cheek? <laughs> I didn't. I was just like, well, you know, that's not going to work then. <laughs> I was like, that was a brush with death. She leaned in and kissed him on the cheek. A few inches to the right and he'd be dead. Yeah. Or would he? Curse would break. <laughs> maybe they were even starting to talk like lucy so just suppose you are cinderella and she says glass yeah, slippers seem like a pretty terrible idea <laughs> it's true they are a terrible idea who would ever think of that it's for when women were to be like sitting and not talking and not dancing and not moving oh they were for a dance they were for a ball I know, but it's not realistic. Do you remember how it broke in that story? Yeah, I guess. Wait. The glass slipper shattered. Yeah, if they have to be pretty shatterproof if you're going to sell them as uh, as <laughs> footwear. <laughs> like, that has to be really tough. Maybe we're just, we were always, I mean, now we're like critiquing legit Cinderella and not Once Upon a Time, but... <laughs> Maybe we were supposed to assume that she was so delicate and graceful that if she were wearing them properly, she would never break them. But it was only because they were being manhandled by evil people that they got broken or one got broken. That's true. But Cinderella would never have broken a glass slipper. No, not her dainty (laughs) little feet. She could have... She could have walked around and danced around with like a glass book on her head and she would have, (laughs) everything would have been fine. But you know what? Even if it got broken, we've got arts and crafts time with the dark one to (laughs) save the day. Arts and crafts. I thought that was touching. (laughs) It was touching. It was just, it was just kind of came out of left field. (laughs) I wouldn't have taken him for an antiques kind of guy. Right. <laughs> it would have been cool if they'd had him doing like the Japanese way of repairing it with like gold inlays, which actually would have been really appropriate for him. Why is he just getting around to fixing it now? Well, I mean, he's been busy. There's a lot going on. It's still going to be broken, right? Because there's a chip missing. He's it's had to spend point. all of his chipped cup repairing time spinning tails to weaver i mean to rogers (laughs) but yes i was thinking please don't repair the chip that would just be strange but he wouldn't have that piece so and it would kind of negate the whole purpose of the chipped cup yes 
They would have to rename the cup. <laughs> to cracked? <laughs> A cracked cup. It just doesn't have the same ring. And especially if he's, you know, if it's actually alive, then instead of Chip, his name just has to be Crack, and that's just a terrible name. It is a terrible name. It was an endearing scene, though, and it kind of reminded us, like, it was it was logically placed at the beginning of this episode to remind us who Weaver is and what he's trying to accomplish this season. Yeah, we do need a lot of those reminders. Wait, why are we here again? Has been established, there are 47 storylines. So, oh, I'm sorry, 46, <laughs> because one just may be wrapped up. I want to say, like, what's going to be wrapped up next week? But I kind of feel like we're going to stay with this Henry and Jacinda plus Jack the Killer. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? They often do things more quickly than we expect. I mean, even, I mean, season one is the ultimate example of that. They could break this curse in an episode or two. The facilier thing seems too good to be true, but if they've got other stuff they want to do post-breaking, they may just get on with it. Maybe they're going to break the curse at the beginning of next week's episode, and now their whole problem is going to be the time travel back to Storybrooke. I thought it would take weeks and weeks of battles and twists and turns, and there you go doing it, day one. <laughs> Maybe not quite day one, but... <laughs> well, it would be day one of, of Regina having the magic to do it. That's true. Next week. <laughs> that is true. So, another interesting thing said by Dr. Facilier that maybe was meant to change the categorization of him. He, he said he is a witch doctor, which makes him also a target of the killer. This is true. I would agree. So my question, and, and part of the reason I'm thinking about that is that the big question about Nick is, is this Jack and possibly therefore Hansel awake is this cursed Nick? I get the sense that the curse made Nick just a boring, not boring, but, a, you know, a plain distraction for Jacinda, not a serial killer who knows about witches. Is There's something but about maybe. it that's awake. But is he under someone's control rather than being awake? That's, I think, part of the question. Does he even know what he's doing? Yeah, I would, he, he seemed to like know that there was chocolate and stuff in his trunk because he didn't want them to come and come over and help him with the tire. Right. The, now I think there's a keychain that was oddly prominent and I think that oh, yes. that was maybe meant to say, to keep us from thinking someone just put the stuff in his trunk and he was surprised, not to mention the crazy look in his eye, but yeah, I noticed that as he was about to, I don't know why you have your keys out if you're about to attack somebody, but he had, in one hand, he had the knife in yeah, the parking garage and in the other chain. hand, yeah, which I don't know what that is, some kind of ball or, is it a sour ball? <laughs> it's actually like a brass lollipop. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. But um, but yeah, so he was holding it in both of those scenes, perhaps as if to say, no, it's not a framing. Those are actually his keys. Yeah, I do think it's definitely him. I But I don't think he's awake. So... I think he's just under someone's spell. Or he's just... His cursed personality is to be a serial killer. Like, I mean, I don't know, because he's a lawyer, I think, right? Which, yeah. you know, should automatically see, exclude him have... from any wrongdoing. Sure. But <laughs> but he, he has to have some knowledge of who these witches are to be killing them. Yeah, but I bet he doesn't know that Drizelle is the one that murdered his sister, because then I think she might have been the first target on his list. True. He would just blame... As Gareth pointed out, he would blame the coven overall for that. Well, and how would he frame Tilly? And why? And why? <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll understand. What do we know of his story? How did he meet Henry? Did we see that? He was the first person Henry met. I think he was the first person Henry met in that realm. But we don't have the story. Oh, no, because doesn't he come up to them? Well, he acted all menacing. Oh, and then they did the Star Wars references, and then Henry was like, no, this is my buddy Jack. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm remembering. So one would hope that Henry's a better judge of character than that. However, we have to remember we do know a lot about Henry. He may not be the best judge of character. <laughs> And then he passed it on to his daughter. <laughs> I mean, sorry, what was that? My was that my outdoor voice? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, they've got all this belief, but not they. They don't have the heart of the wisest believer. <laughs> but that's actually that's actually true. Like when you're naive and innocent. You're naive and innocent. Yeah, like you don't want to be bad. a good judge of character because you have nothing to reference it to. Yeah. So, I forgive you, Lucy. You're supposed <laughs> to be like that. Predictions. Predictions. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't. I don't do it very well. Like predictions for next week. Uh probably shouldn't do that because i know the title <laughs> oh you can tell me the title after we're done here um, okay. i think it's a little on the we nose. didn't get a preview <laughs> so the last few weeks we've gotten a preview and i've had to be like no stop stop like talking over it to try and turn off the well, that's thing, right like the pvr that's but we didn't been get my life week. that's been my life for <laughs> six seven years so <laughs> Well, it hasn't been mine because they don't care enough about Canada to give us previews for next week. <laughs> Wait a minute. That symbol that goes at the end of the sh the ABC shows, is that from Galaga? You know, there's an Easter egg I just realized. I felt like they were making Galaga very prominent. And there are probably other reasons. However, and I just double-checked. The little ship that is flying around shooting things in Galaga that Henry's playing. 
is the thing that comes by at the end of every episode of Once Upon a Time and shoots the name Kitsis slash Horowitz. Oh, so it's part of their little like network thing? Well, Galaga is a real game, so they used a Galaga motif for their, yeah, like their production company <laughs> name. Why am I not surprised that they did that? <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> I'm so happy that I made at least part of a connection because it was really bugging me. I was like, they want me to see something in this and I don't know what it is. Was that also a game in Wreck-It Ralph? Possibly. It's a pretty classic arcade game. I also saw in that room one called Bubble Bobble, <laughs> which I used to play with my brother on the original Nintendo. I'm dating myself a little bit. What was the game, sorry? Bubble Bobble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can still hear the music in my head. I don't know that one. And every time you passed a level, they would give you a cheat code so you could get back to that level because you weren't saving the game anywhere. And sometimes you could guess a cheat code and or a, like a level code and get to a really high level that you didn't earn. It was like realm jumping. <laughs> they had those shortcuts in Nintendo when I played also. <laughs> Where you could like get the level that went like around the lake really fast in Super Mario. <laughs> you could skip like ten levels. Oh. Yeah, you like you like everyone who played this will know. You like you went up the ladder and then you could get a level that went off to the right into the lake and then up to the top instead of going all the way around the lake. Yeah. I might I might know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you were smart, you always went back to the third game to get all your mushrooms and all your stuff filled up again when you were running out of lives. Because <laughs> you knew how to do it really easily. <laughs> Maybe our next podcast next should be a Super Mario <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say next week we'll be back with another episode of our classic arcade and Nintendo games from the 80s podcast. 80s? Excuse you. Well, I mean, or 90s. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, some of them came from the 80s. Probably, but I had Super Nintendo, which I think came out in the 90s. I never had the original one. Okay. FYI. <laughs> so going forward from here, as I think about Hyperion Heights, the only thing left of the story we started the season with is <laughs> Henry, Henry and Nook's respective poisonings and the curse that keeps them from being affected by those poisonings. Everything else is gone. Well, I mean, Gothel was there relatively early. Ish. So not early-ish, but Drizella and Anastasia, even though she was mostly spoken of and in corpse-ish form <laughs> early on, mostly dead form, and Belfry, like, they're all gone. Yep. Lots of people are awake. 
People who were separated are not separated now, but many of them are still not awake. Tilly's running around, but that still was like the the dagger guardian stuff was only a part of the original story and we thought that was all tied to Anastasia so now I'm not sure where that leaves us going exactly <laughs> Sidebar Tilly is still around and eating a lot of jam I don't right. know if you caught that comment <laughs> I did <laughs> That was great I mean and good for her I think I need to eat more jam myself <laughs> So what do you guys think about what we have said in our podcast discussion tonight? You can definitely join in on the discussions on our forum at oncepodcast.com slash forum. And be sure to send us your feedback after this week's episode airs. Promptly. Promptly. Yes. We did get some last minute <laughs> feedback that we were able to include that I think came in around 7.15. So. Dang. We'll do our best, but um, yes, if you can send us feedback, um, you know, sometime between Friday and Monday, that will give us the most ability to incorporate it into our discussion. And also, if your feedback is more or less concise, that will also help us to include more of it than than if it's very long and multi-topiced. Yes. If it's very long, we might have to just reference your feedback rather than read it. <laughs> yes, or summarize it. So this does conclude our live discussion of this episode of Once Upon a Time. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on your podcast listening app as we are in discussion about attempting some special things for the finales. And we will have more information on that for you guys as it comes, but just to make sure you don't miss anything, do make sure you're subscribed. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Once Podcast, and you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P H L E G O N. And you can follow Daniel on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. Special thanks to our whole team of volunteers who helped to make this podcast possible. Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanis for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers, Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb for masterminding our timeline, Daniel, Jeremy, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. And until next time, I didn't survive this long to be killed by a chocolatier with a penchant for theatrics. I'll be fine. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode. If you would like to be a hero too, please visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.